0: you. Welcome to the Gossip Stone Podcast, where we cover the Ocarina of Time randomizer. We focus primarily on the racing and competitive scene, as well as various other related topics for the community as a whole. I am your host, Emo Soto. Welcome again to episode 34 of the Gossip Stone Podcast. We're going through the summer tournaments and uh, having a little roundup here with uh, two lovely guests on today's episode. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, I just wanted to note that, yes, this is the second episode of the year. Um, life's life's difficult, <laughs> and uh, me and me and Winnie eventually found new jobs, so we've been uh fairly busy in the uh, the background here, but definitely excited to get back into it here. And uh, without further ado, let's welcome our guests here for today. We have first here Gembo, first time guest the newest race mod on the race mod team. How's it going? Hey, what's going on? Happy to be here. And also here today is Chuckles501, also a first-time guest. Hello.
1: Nobody knows why I'm here, but thank you, uh, (laughs) Nemo and Jimbo.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, happy to have you on here. Um, So today we're going to be talking about... Every tournament since our last episode. So, those for those of us uh, at home here and listening to this episode, uh, the last episode, I even have to look it up here. I have no idea when, an, you know, episode 32 came out December 17, 2021. Uh, episode 33 came out May 1st, 2022. So, uh, yeah, it's been a couple months here, but definitely, uh, yeah, happy to get into it. So, we, First of all, Mixed Pools, Triforce Blitz, Uh, we had the Ladder Beta start, Scrub Season 4 start, SGL 2022 started their at least online portion, I don't know about the in-person yet. Uh, The Francophone Season 2 tournament, the League Season 3 season has started, as well as Multi-World Season (laughs) 3. So all of that happening at the exact same time here. Yeah, as well as main t- uh, tournament se- season six settings discussions. Uh, but before we get there, let's uh, find out a little bit more about our guest today. So Jimbo, how did you get into Ocarina of Time Randomizer? Um,
2: well, Believe it or not, I actually used to watch a lot of um, OT speedrunning um, for years back. I mean, I'm like 28 now or 27. And I used to watch like all the way back when I was like, 15 or 16. I was always in the speed running. Um but then I would tune in every now and then to uh the randomizer that's featured. I guess it would have been the weeklies at the time. And uh, I think S4 was going on and I tuned into I think it was Sponge versus what the hells happened? If I'm not mistaken. Um but yeah, shortly after that I kind of just like decided, "Hey, I, I like I really want to get into you know, the, playing the randomizer, so I joined the Discord, and uh, I've been I guess you can say addicted ever since. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of how I got into it.
0: Yeah, you can say we're all partially addicted, some more, some less uh, than others, but uh, it's a its a hell of a game, Ocarina Time Randomizer, so I don't blame you in the least. And uh, yeah, recently becoming a race moderator for the community. Any uh, any reason why you decided to do that?
2: Uh, I just, I mean, I, you know, I love playing a game. I want to try and offer my, I guess, opinion. I was going to say expertise, but I don't really consider myself an expert. So that wouldn't be, um, <clears throat> that wouldn't be the right terminology to use. Um, but yeah, no, I just wanted to see if I could like lend a helping hand and just improving the
1: randomizer and helping it evolve.
0: Awesome. And uh, Chuckles, you as well. How did you get into Ocarina of Time randomizer?
1: Well, my story starts in 1998 on the N64 when I was a wee lad playing the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. But fast forward 22 years in a pandemic that started to hit and me nothing to do. Uh, I think it was SGL 2020, not SGL, SGDQ 2020, the co-op race with... Um Raikaru and Barrel and Spike Vegeta on the mic. Um, where the, the Raichu strap was developed. That was kind of my first witnessing of Ocarina of Time Randomizer. And then followed a couple of runners, followed season four pretty closely. And I was like, you know what? I could beat these guys. I can do this. And look at me now, losing in every single one of these tournaments that we're about to talk about. So um, that's kind of my history. I kind of like playing. A lot of everything, a bit of everything. Um, so, hopefully, I can offer a little bit of insight into what we're going to chat about today.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, in competitive anything, there's a lot of losing. So, uh, that's like a, usually the first step al- among many towards getting better and improving. So, eh, don't, don't worry, losing, I do it's great. It's losing. No, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> So the first tournament that we're going to jump into here, mixed pools tournament. I'm a little biased. I wanted to do a whole episode on this previously, but uh, this is like I got laid off, and then this tournament started, <laughs> and then I started my new job. So uh, timing was bad for me <laughs> overall and Winnie. So, um, but happy to discuss it today. Uh, I was one of the organizers myself, so I can definitely speak to uh, you know the kind of the background workings of the tournament uh, and how that all kind of shook out but uh, we are looking to do another mixed pools tournament in the future Uh, this one was five rounds of swiss top 16 advanced to a single elimination bracket and with this swiss tournament it was completely random (laughs) pairings which was a little chaotic but honestly it lets you a lot of really cool matchups and i think arguably better matchups than like the the last multi-world tournament which used swiss but you got paired up depending on records. So, um, what did you guys think about mixed pools?
2: Um, I mean, I honestly wasn't able to follow it too much. Um, I caught a, glimpses of it here and there. I like the idea of mixed pools, though. I feel like it's sort of, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's sort of like a stepping stone per se into like, say, RSL or something that's like watered down RSL just because of the, the entrance randomizer. Um, mm. I think it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I think me and you, Emo, and quite a few of us kind of almost did some like testing for this back in the early days. We played a few kind of full mixed pools. Remember those days when we had maps and compasses and small chests and they gave information oh, yeah. and yeah, you, you never that's knew what dungeon to do?
0: <laughs> that was absolutely that's- terrible. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's how we know it was bad. Uh, yeah. So we didn't go with that. <laughs> but exactly, yeah, this, this tournament was a long time coming. Uh, yeah, we spent like a year or two basically just doing casual tests with me, what the hells, uh, Chuckles, Goomba, uh, a couple others, Rob, Rob Dog, and uh, yeah, a few others, uh, European or American, but um, yeah, it kind of culminated with this tournament and it went really well. We had 42 entrants. Um, the winner is Icola. I don't think anybody was surprised at all uh, that <laughs> that happened, but um, definitely one of the top players at the moment uh, for the game. So, and with the runner-up being Brotz and Derridoza. Now, it was a really stacked tournament. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a lot of really good players that just decided to play. So, uh, we'll have a link of uh, the Swiss results in the bracket uh, to that. But the settings were 6-med, GCPK, pretty normal, standard-y. Uh, open bridge, a little different. We wanted to make sure that uh, there were more locations opened up, and uh, finding Gannons actually really matters. Shops, scrubs, kind of see that multi-world tournament. Just texture matches contents, but I don't think size. I think it was just texture. I don't remember. Um, I, I think it was no, by it was both. Okay. Um, and then, uh, free scarecrow, because that's not a skill. Routing and scarecrow is not a skill. I'll be like, I, I'll <laughs> fight anyone that thinks it is. because it's boring. It's, it's a thing of the past. It's in the vanilla vanilla game. Sure. But like, come on, <laughs> like seven chickens, like 10, but po- we already cut it down. 10 pose to one. I mean, come on, come on. Uh, that's just where I'm coming from. But, uh, yeah, there were mixed rules races before, but, uh, even more people showed up for the tournament, And uh, yeah, it was a, just a really rock solid experience, I think.
1: It was really exciting. I was able to, I played in this, I went through 2 didn't get through into the, the ascent qualifier, but following kind of these runners and just see the meta developing for this and everybody kind of learning new things. And the times kind of got smaller and shorter and shorter and shorter as the tournament went on as people mm-hmm. started figuring out the best ways to, to do this. And I was also lucky enough to, I commentated on ZSR, Brote's semi-final versus Mr. Mario. And it was, it's just like, these scenes are just electric. Like there's so much going on. You just kind of get lost in the sauce. And I think we're all kind of, surp- I would say surprised. I'm not really surprised, but I think a lot of people were surprised that Brote got so far into this tournament getting into the final because he only just got through in the three and two async he was the last person to get through if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. so being the 16th seed getting through to the final and that final that conclusion to that final was amazing with there being a hinted magic on 50 bro decided to go for 50 Ecoli did did not pick up any school, picked up 10 schools in the whole thing and found a long shot, which got the other magic in spirit. It's just the commentators were just gobsmacked. It was just like one of those seeds. that was just like, wow, that is rando at its finest. That final was.
0: Hey, I mean, you save a lot of time with no schools. I've been doing that a lot more often myself. Just, just completely ignoring them. It's great. (laughs) I actually was able to catch the end of that match. Um, I'm pretty sure
2: Ecola found the magic as uh, Brat was. I'm sorry, no, Ecola finished as Brat was finding that uh, the item on the hand <laughs> like uh, at the same the exact magic. time. Uh-huh. Yeah, the other magic at the same exact time.
0: Here's the magic, so pretty, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, Instead of the winner funny. heart pieces, the loser magic. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, we really wanted to make sure that, as organizers, the setting is kind of reflected. One that routing was super duper important. We wanted that to be a bigger aspect than any like execution or, you know, that that sort of uh, aspect of the game luck. Um, but, but having the routing be a uh, really important was our like number one goal, and I think we achieved that. But uh, the number two was to make most uh, like areas relevant. So you don't want to like, because on indoor ER and RSL a lot of the times I feel like you just, you enter, if you have indoor ER on, it's just, there's like 10 areas that you can just in and out, in and out. <laughs> you just never need to know what's there, which is great for like routing a little bit, memory uh, information kind of overload kind of gets past that a little bit, but um, you know, we wanted everything to be, you know, relevant, ideally. Well, my, so, my
1: experience of indoor ER is, you know, walk into a fairy fountain, a great fairy fountain, being like, well, I don't have zeal, obviously, and doing that six times until you find it eventually and get last location yeah. <laughs> you're right. Like, what are the fairy fountains? So
0: It's partially why I really like pots. I really like crates. Uh, beehives are sweet. Like, all of that's very cool to me. I, I like playing... Settings with those on, uh, very problematic for R, So I have no idea how it's going to be balanced or like introduced, if if at all. Um, but you know, the organizers for that are uh, we're, we're talking about it <laughs> actively. So <laughs> uh, no, you just
1: need to look at the checks for the storage temple, i.e., MQ water. For...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's actually panic. dead now. Yeah, it's actually yeah. dead. Um, no more storage Rip. temple text. Rip. First thing I got taken out on the, uh, cause it's, I think pots are going to get merged first. And that was the first thing to go, um, for crates at least. But anyway, uh, moving on to Trifort's Blitz. I really didn't have, I like pretty much straight ignored this tournament cause I was unemployed the whole time. So, um, <laughs> I don't really know much about it aside from I played a couple seeds with the settings and the Plando and all that. Um, very interesting. It was kind of the first go around for this kind of a concept. I think it's the first Triforce Blitz tournament. Just any Triforce hunt at all. Um, and like we've seen it, it was multi world a little bit, but having it specifically designed to be a Triforce hunt tournament I think it's the first one just like the mixed pools was the uh first entrance randomizer tournament for otr is uh it's the first triforce tournament so <laughs> do you guys like triforce hunt um I, I, I like it, it. <laughs> yeah I mean it's cool like I didn't um
2: I didn't play it personally but I mean I like the idea before we typically didn't really see any triforce uh hunt seeds outside of RSL or like you know, just casual running or maybe like a charity event or something like that. It's really, uh, really easy to implement something like that into uh, those types of races. But I mean, I think they did a really good job uh, hosting this tournament. It was, uh, it was really entertaining.
1: I think when you play Triforce in general, for me, that anticipation of finding a chest and, you know, seeing that number go up and it's like, is Amju going to have a Triforce piece for me? (laughs) And it's just like I pop off every single time. So, having a tournament which was based around, you know, like like a tour was an absolute genius in in putting kind of this formula together and making this really logic focused puzzle in essence. So many hints, so many things to keep track of, you know, quite a few different changes in terms of shortcuts being open and, you know, the pieces having to be in dungeons and things like that. That this was a really different type of tournament that took kind of the Time community by storm with a very large pickup in the people playing in this tournament.
2: yeah, I think they hit a lot of uh, avenues with this um being uh, being at having like a two hour limit kind of like it's appealing to runners who don't want to like sit down and commit like three plus hours of their time to a seed they could also just you know load up a Triforce a triforce blitz seed you know um but it, i think it's cool that you have to um really follow the logic of the seed as it progresses it's kind of and correct me if i'm wrong i guess you can relate it sort of to like a beatable only uh setting an rsl emo is that correct Some, in saying
0: that? i would say you probably well you don't go out of logic pretty much ever for beatable only if you know it's on just a really bad idea. <laughs> just, there's so many <laughs> countless, countless examples of like, all right, Jimmy's ignoring uh, the fact that it's beatable only, is bussing into GTG or something, and lo and behold, everything in there is dead. Or you like maybe do, uh, I don't know, just fire air entry uh, when this was legal in standard, and you go into Shadow Temple and it's Bomb law. just like you maybe messed up the setup maybe you're just like uh aren't familiar with it too much and you spend like 10 minutes to open up shadow to find Bombwell, or you know there's countless other examples of like things that you spend so much time invest so much time in and it just doesn't work at all (laughs) you just leave it out of shame so um i wouldn't say it goes to that extreme but i do think it Uh, It's a little bit more focused on the logic than your typical weekly seed, typical, I would say, league seed in some instances. I mean, it's kind of the same idea of the mixed pools tournament. We wanted things to really revolve around routing. Not so much logic, but logic, of course, is always important. Uh, This kind of took that routing aspect, also logic, but also maximized both of those... Things about seeds and racing, and just took them into wildly different directions. So uh, it was one qualifier for initial seeding. Uh, it was an opening round to sort players into two separate brackets. So it's basically two tournaments at once. Uh, and this is where I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm not. <laughs> I can't pay attention to this tournament. It's too complex. It's too many rules. It's too many things that, at once." But it, I mean. It is refreshing. I mean, obviously, 51 people is nothing to scoff at for just a random tournament, you know. And the point of having two brackets is so that less experienced players could join as well as uh, top players and just not, you know, have so much of a mismatch. See, a lot of these, like, kind of aspects about Triforce splits. a lot of it's uh, kind of Ela's. Uh, theory and um, kind of approach to competitive gaming in general i also really wanted to do an episode about this in general but i i figured it wasn't time yet uh there is a couple things in my opinion that um just didn't really like jive i felt like could be like uh, solved in uh, later versions or um, tournaments that could also be try four splits. So I wanted to see where this would go first and see what happens in the first tournament before really committing at least uh, podcast coverage to it. But um, single elimination brackets, uh, just for a fun little tournament, and all matches were best of three with a two hour time limit for each game. So um, it's again, that's the, the big draw to this: fast, fun, very, very different. So there's a lot of different things that you can invest your time into and get better at. So I think just for that, uh, it was, it was really cool. Uh, definitely want to see what happens in the future for it, any potential changes. But I was, I was fairly impressed with it. I just didn't uh, didn't like it personally that much.
1: Yeah, there was definitely uh, so many good points here. The time limit, kind of the logic puzzle that you have to break apart. I actually really enjoyed the the kind of two-bracket format that this gave and kind of something that maybe RSL in the future, maybe something that you could think about because it was nice to... One of the things that I hear a lot in the community is that kind of the mid-tier runners get forgotten quite a lot. It's often, Mm. you know, the top runners get their kind of limelight and the kind of scrubs kind of tournaments focus on that kind of... like that lower kind of group. And quite often, you know, a lot of mid-tier runners... Who are kind of seeded thirty-two in a tournament get put against the top seed in a tournament, and it's like you're never going to win. You're always going to get knocked out. So this kind of like wanderer bracket, which they called it, which actually, if you look through the wanderer bracket list, you know there are actually because it was a single qual with a couple of different races to determine who got where. Like you wouldn't say people like Mr. Martin deserve to be in the the wanderer bracket. But it gave some different runners a opportunity to be in the limelight. You know, Netherian and Ego Dev, who are the two runners in the Wanderer final. You know, Nefarian weren't winning that. Great to see kind of new blood, new faces in there. But also seeing you know the likes of Fabio and Cola and Ramond, who was in that final against Fabio. That Fabio won. You know, it's good to see kind of the old guard playing playing as well, playing good. And again, just like mixed pools, sussing out a new format.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was good, especially like looking at the winner of the Wanderer bracket was Netherian. That guy's getting into RSL now too. So like, uh, that that blue
1: fox is one to watch out for.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
1: In SGL as well, so.
0: Yeah, uh, I would say the the wander brackets probably made up of people I would consider to be less consistent of racers, not necessarily worse. Uh, I think looking at the like main tournament too for this, like it's such a new format, it's kind of hard to really judge it based on like caliber of runner. I would say, but definitely in the future it'll be interesting if that holds or if it'll just be completely different to uh, you know nor- more normal settings or, or what, but. Moving on to the ladder beta, we got any ladder fans in, uh, in chat? In here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've dabbled ladder. in a couple of ladder matches, but yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of it going on. Sometimes it's difficult to play everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I've looked into experimenting with ladder. Um, I think it's great that they're trying to revive the the ladder system, even though it differs, I believe, from the previous ladder system that was uh installed in the otr community i wasn't around for that so i can't i guess i can't really uh compare the two but
0: yeah i've heard from a lot of people that the timing uh for scheduling could be a little bit better for ladder Uh, i know for myself definitely i'm on the west coast but eh, it's like a (laughs) rule of thumb if you're on the west coast it's generally bad for a lot of online events but um yeah, I've actually heard from a lot of people. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the one drawback to ladder right now is the, the times uh, that it's offered. But yeah, it's in beta, so I'm sure that'll get better in the future. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It's it's also something again, like uh, Chuckles was saying earlier, brought up that it, it's be- kind of an RSL light in a way, um, kind of a nice like little you know, transitional kind of a format. I would say for people that are interested but don't want to like you know. <laughs> go fold i'm gonna go jump in the lake and then i might sink to the bottom and drown but you know at least it was fun you know kind of a thing which rsl definitely gives that kind of vibe a lot like hell you have oko Banco both in now you could have both in the same seed so uh having something with shuffled settings in a ladder format it's it's like the probably the most casual racing that you can have right now is, is this ladder um at the same time, it's nice for a competitive experience. Uh, you don't know who your opponent is, but that's like one of my biggest complaints about ladder in general. I'm just not a ladder fan. <laughs> like I, I like knowing who I'm going against. It usually pays off with uh, plays and metagaming. You know.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel that kind of knowing who your opponent is for me is also kind of the one of the things that I, I dislike about this, but I know that people do like you know, not knowing who they're playing against and kind of like the more casual kind of format for this, which is great horses for courses and everything like that. And it's interesting that the races are always on Saturday and Sunday. I've seen a, a comments of people saying, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on on Saturday and Sunday. There was one point a couple of weeks ago, we had, you know, a ladder match going on at the same time as an SGL quoll. And it's just kind of like, well, there are other days of the week we can be doing stuff. And Ladder may be one of those things that could potentially be done on a Wednesday night, you know, when there's not a lot going on, especially if it is just like, just drop in. You don't need to kind of pre-plan anything. If you're free, you can just play and play against somebody else. And there was definitely people, especially right at the start, you know, there was 14 matches or so going on right at the start. And the numbers have dwindled down. But like we said, this is in beta. It is going to be soon, I think, coming into the full format. Um, so it is an interesting idea. That is good that it's come back.
0: You know, o- OTR in general has had a lot of difficulties in the past, historically, to just give players more 1v1 competitive experience. So I'm never going to like knock anything that offers... An additional avenue for that, even if it's something like ladder, which I don't necessarily like personally. Again, I, I really need to know who I'm playing against, so I know if I have to go domain or have to go GTG, you know, ice versus, uh like, deep stone forest or something. I don't know. Do uh, you think it, it matters just,
1: more as well, that because there's, like, this shuffle aspect of it to the settings that knowing your opponent might be even more important, so I don't know, say mm-hmm. if there's a dungeon token sanity setting on and I'm playing against you know, an RSL player, I don't know. You might want to adjust your strategy more, I guess.
0: Yeah, depending on how thorough you want to be. I mean, that's just like a really base level competitive thing, I would say. It's just like, how thorough are you going to be in the game? And that kind of extends to a lot of different settings, um, kind of mixes. But the biggest thing with this is that you also know what settings are on versus off. So... And it's kind of a nice way to introduce yourself to a lot of different, like, weird settings, uh, varieties. That being said, they do have one item per dungeon. uh, And it's not banned like it is in RSL. So you you can uh, play with that on and uh, experience the wonder.
1: I don't know. After Uh. the race that we played the other day, you know, (laughs) maybe I'm maybe I'm sold on the incorrectly named one item per dungeon because there's two in spirit, so I don't know why it's called Mm -hmm.
2: that. Yeah, I have one word for that setting, and it's gross. It
0: it just makes it so bad. But imagine finding
1: an item at the first part of Fire Temple, and then you just go, okay, fire's done. Okay, don't need to be here anymore. There's nothing else in there. I can walk away happy with the slingshot that I found.
0: Right, but you can also be like, okay, but... Dungeon skulls are on, and it's one item per dungeon. So your dungeons are a lot of checks with almost nothing in them, and so you can go all the way to like Scarecrow Gold Skull or something, and fire, and that is your BK. <laughs> like, uh, or your or your item, or maybe it's an early BK, and then there's no item on the boss, and then oh, oops, I have to go all the way to Scarecrow to the skull for this one item, <laughs> that might be your gun mode. Like it's, yeah, I'm
1: happy to be devil on the side of this one just to give it another argument. There's no way that I'm arguing for this to be included in any
0: <laughs> other competitive method. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure, make it very clear. <laughs> we don't support or condone one end for dungeon, but um, it, it's it's okay to play every now and then. I just don't think you want it more often than not usually. It, but it does lead into that the
1: fact there are so many settings in this as well. Like the, yep. the choice in here is outrageous. There's like 22, 23, whatever kind of options that could be shifted that makes every experience different, which is kind of you know what RSL is all about, kind of find out what the settings are and experience something new every time. And this kind of has this feel. So I guess if you are enjoying Ladder, dabble in a bit of RSL
0: maybe. And if you want to find out more, of course, ootladder.com. Uh, um there's also the leaderboard on there as well so scrubs new season season four already four iterations uh, through tournament geared towards new and developing players of course uh, we had our scrubs episode not too long ago for season three i want to say that was episode 29 with daredevin felix and goldfish uh, it's from September two thousand and twenty-one, so about a year ago. Um, what are you guys' uh, thoughts about just scrubs in general? I mean, I think it's a cool idea to
2: have um, newer runners like just experience the um, have the experience of like competing in a bracket. I mean, because with the main tournament and Challenge Cup, the, the skill level of most of our runners is so high, it's really hard for a newer runner to come in and actually have that experience because everyone is just improving constantly at the game. So I think Scrubs does a great job in uh, getting these newer runners' like tournament experience.
1: Yeah, it's great to see kind of the names come through and kind of pick people out, being like, oh, yeah, I've seen them. Oh, yeah, they're kind of normally a commentator in their race. and they're racing. So it's nice to see, you know, who's going to be the next kind of generation of runners. Because if you remember, kind of, Scrub Season 1 and some of the names that were in that originally and where they are now kind of in Division 4 and they're all in kind of Top 64 Um, and it is fantastic just to let people have an opportunity to play and take some glory
2: Yeah it's cool too I mean I'm actually an organizer for Scrubs as well as a race mod Um, and I mean I think it's cool we're kind of like a stepping stone into the main tournament but we're not like this season our goal was pretty much to uh try and be our own standalone tournament but then still allow these runners to uh, you know gain that experience and improve to hopefully you know move on into something like challenge cup later on and then eventually into the main tournament.
1: Yeah, it's interesting cuz there was there's quite a few different settings this time around like before like you said it's kind of been a stepping stone into the, the tournament so that they're, they're normally quite similar and connected but this time you've gone for the complete kind of SGL three stone bridge GBK on Vanilla Lax you've kind of done this or really started this new phenomena of starting with Prelude as well so how did that kind of develop this time around
2: uh, well I mean when we were going over settings discussions prior to the, be- uh, the start of the tournament uh, we just figured I mean you know Early in a seed, typically you have a lot of routing decisions to make, um, and we just figured that um, you know, time of day is a really important you know, aspect to manage early on in the seed, because nine times out of 10, you don't start with Sunsong, so it's really hard to, you know, to, uh, to manage that, and we think that Prelude makes it a lot easier for the newer runners to not have to think about that so much, and then worry about the bigger picture earlier on and start building building on top of your route or building onto your route.
0: Yeah, I personally really like this three stone bridge. Uh, I think it's a really cool setting used for SGL previously. Um, start prelude is like one of my favorite things about the current weekly settings, just because you never have to play songs. Just I hate playing songs, even though this game's about playing songs, <laughs> like I don't know. It's just nice and refreshing. Again, it's something different. It's uh, it speeds up the game, honestly. It takes like a minute or two off. That's kind of huge. Uh in terms of like a quality life change. The the only thing that rivals that in recent memory is like Freezy L, and that was already like hugely popular. It took out like five to ten minutes of gameplay every single seed. So uh I don't know. I, I think this has a lot of potential for being as good. As that, probably not. It won't ever be as good as VCL, let's be real. But uh, I don't know. It's a really, really, really small change, but I really like it. Uh, I think it's only a good thing for the most part. Now we just need to get to chickens and lower that.
1: (laughs) 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 And changing it back to 10 big pose, of course.
0: Oh, yes. It's only fair if you have seven chickens. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think. An open Deku, never never a bad thing. I, I like Deku um yeah it's uh, it should be pretty interesting to see how those brackets shake out so if you go to scrubcentral.challenge.com uh you can be able to look at all the different brackets going uh on right now um as well as that we have the sgl speed gaming live uh their annual marathon uh and the only alternative time randomizer tournament with a cash prize ever SIL um is the only organization that's done it this is i think their third or fourth time i think it's the third time um of their uh, yearly tournament that uh happens for the game which is great uh it's, so the tournament format this year there are two brackets instead of just one so we're, the community is getting so big now that we have to have multiple tournaments for every single event <laughs> <laughs> basically, <laughs> uh, which is not never a bad thing. I'm not complaining. Um, it's only like, there's so many things you can do with this game. It's great. Um, but they have an online tournament as well as a live in person tournament. So the online tournament, uh, there was 12 qualifiers, a lot. I think the uh, rivals in the main tournament in terms of how many qualifiers it is. So it makes sense though. If it's for cash money, it's, you know, you want to be as sure as possible. It's a, it's a fair competitive experience. Top 32 advanced to brackets, single elimination, semifinals, and finals are best of three. And that is at speedgaming.challenge.com. You can look at that slash SGL22ZOOTR. And that's not uh, done yet. It's still currently ongoing. A lot of really big names in this one. Um, currently, it looks like you know, Icola. What the is Mario, Fabio, Gaboroni. A lot of great players here. Uh, but there is also going to be a live in-person tournament. Uh, so it's grouped into brackets. The exact number depends on the number of entrants. But the in-person October 27th to the 30th, that is next month in Herndon, Virginia. Never heard of that. <laughs> Must be a small, small town. Uh, but they also have Three Stone Bridge again. GCPK on vanilla wax, just like Scrub. So this is a great. Um, if you, I mean, if you're in the area close at all, it's a great experience to just go be in person with all these, you know, names that you see online and weeklies and all that. It's a solid experience. Every person that I've talked to has had a, a good experience with SGL every year. So, heavily recommend that you check it out at the very least. I'm sure they'll have some streams on that as well, but. Uh, They also start with Prelude. One song check is an item that way. Just like weekly settings. And dual sometimes hints. Something that we've seen in Random Settings League. uh, Fairly new invention past couple months. Especially since the last episode. Uh, What do you guys think about the dual hints?
2: I know a lot of people are in favor of dual hints. I personally don't like them. I think there's... like entirely too much information, and they're too hard to read on the fly. Like, I'm so used to just skipping through hints and like being able to track them really easily. But I, that's just a personal problem, I think. I know a lot of people are in favor of them, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, as a Brit, I've also never heard of Virginia as well, uh, emo. So, uh, <laughs> in terms of jewel <laughs> hints, um, I I was very for them to start off with, I thought they were fantastic. Kind of the idea behind them kind of, you know, sometimes since they're just rubbish checks, nobody wants to do them. Let's just put a hint out for them and just kind of help guide people through the seed. But I think jewel hints give too much information. And they really nerf areas that have already become quite nerfed in these settings and these settings in general. Things like free preludes and a third of the jewel hints in SGL are like and uh, Lake and Valley related. So why would you go to Valley or Child Lake ever in these settings? As many people are found from their go mode being orphaned on Child Fishing um, as being a, a victim to that. So I think in reality, I think dual hints are overpowered and should be hopefully taken with a, a pinch of salt in the amount they are used. Overall, this tournament is, 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 is good. I think the settings are, are fine. I'm not as sold on Three Stone Bridge and GBK on, on Lax as Emo is. But you're absolutely right in kind of the quality of the runners that came out. There are fewer runners than last time. But the people who have come are, you know, the really good runners. And it's just going to prove to be, for the online tournament, a fantastic tournament that's still running. I'm actually jumping into comms, uh, it's a match later on today. So I'm kind of really excited to see the excellence of the people here. And like you said, the live in-person event. So many people are going to this live in-person event either to play in the tournament or just to like hang out and meet people from the community. So if you are available kind of last week of October and can get there, it's going to be an absolute blast. I know that the orgs are planning side activities as well like uh, charades, Uta charades and just other kind of opportunities to. Chat to all of your favorite runners.
2: Yeah, I was actually going to go. Um, unfortunately, my vacation doesn't line up with the uh, with that weekend in particular, so that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, same here. I have to go to. well, I don't have to. I'm, I'm going to go see family during uh, uh, what do we call it? Thanksgiving. <laughs> so it's just like eh, a couple of weeks after. So it's not the best timing for me either, but. Um, should be really cool. I mean, it's really giving, uh, you know, awesome games done quick kind of vibes in terms of the meetup potential, at least for OTR, It's definitely the biggest in-person, um, you know, meeting of the year. So definitely check it out if you're interested. Uh, there's also been this, uh, Francophone tournament happening, a French speaking tournament. Um, season two happened last year as well. So, so for anyone that knows French, it's a settings draft tournaments. Um, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> it's it's kind of like it's kind of weird, right?
1: I love drafts. I think drafts are absolutely fantastic. You know, we've played with, with a couple of draft kind of community events, and just the ability to kind of change things up. And I know we're going to talk about multi world and drafting later on. So it is definitely a thing that's coming in to kind of shift up the settings. Kind of playing that meta game against your opponent to pick stuff that you think maybe they won't be as good at or pick kind of your strengths. I think it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, I mean, not going to lie, I haven't really followed this tournament too much. Um, The only thing I really know about the tournament in particular is that they use a rule set that's actually... They use um, the the trick in Shadow where you can jump from um, the chest that spawns in the uh, spike room you can if it's a big chest you can jump to the ledge that's banned in standard i'm pretty sure that's allowed in this rule set that francophone uses that's the only thing i know about the tournament though
0: yeah i i haven't really been following it either cuz i don't speak french but i don't yeah, know exactly. I've, I've always been kind of weirded out that it's like restrictive in terms of that like who can actually join the tournament like i agree For something that's like entirely out of, you know, the realm of the game, but it's cool that, you know, the French community is having their own like separate tournament like this. I just, I don't know about that approach to like running a tournament myself, but, um, if you do want to check that out, uh, you can use the link B O M B C H dot U S slash capital D capital V R three. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, of course, strong, strong names that we see here. You know, what the hell is like Cola, Fluge, tons and tons of great players that are from the French community. Um, yeah, like you're saying, Chuckles, I love drafting and we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that as well. But um, League Season 3 also happening. Why uh, not Season 3, Season 4 or 5? We'll get to 6 later. Uh, so League, you were kind of saying earlier, Jimbo, you don't like League settings?
2: I'm just, I'm not a fan of some of the logic quirks uh, that you find in, like, tricks in particular. Like, I feel like, for instance, and this is, I know this is a common complaint with League, and I know the idea was to be, you know, different from other, like, rewarding logic reading, and then, you know, differing from other tournaments. Um, I just don't like the idea that Man on Roof isn't in Logic without a hookshot. I I don't understand it. As far as I'm aware, the official strategy guide of Ocarina of Time from back in the day on original hardware tells you how to get to the man on the roof by side hopping off of the uh, the (laughs) watchtower. So Uh (laughs) I need somebody to explain to me why the hell that's not in Logic without hookshot.
1: I don't even know how you do it with hookshot. Like where do I stand? I actually don't have a clue.
2: <laughs> you just hookshot the roof. You just you know, when you stand on top of the staircase, hookshot the roof, boom, you're there.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think it's actually I think it's actually harder personally using the hookshot too. So it's like I can kind of see it just to spice it up. In terms of when that was introduced, just with league period. Uh with the first league, I think that happened in twenty twenty. Um before that, we wanted Right, I was part of the, a lot of the, the testing, you know, leagues that happened it ramped up to the first official league, but I think Yoshi previously has uh, kind of explained that. And it's like really just wanted something that differentiated the experience because at the time that league season one was happening, it was the turnover from season three to season four, which um, was big and messy and, <laughs> Uh, Very different. So just with the context of the times, uh, it makes sense. I don't think it makes as much sense anymore. And again, I I think actually it's harder no matter how you slice it. It's harder to use the hook shot to get there rather than jumping.
1: I think there are just better ways to spice obsessions
0: Because we've seen uh,
1: from the type of conversation that we've been having each and every time for all of these things, they're all doing something different and they're all doing something new that's really quirky and interesting. And this kind of logic side of things i don't know anybody who has actually actively come out and said i like this <laughs> it's all, it's all been mm-hmm. like for me i don't care like loopy league logic fine whatever but there are people like jimbo who you know it's uh, it's affecting their experience of enjoying the game there's just better ways of changing things up yeah i just, just want but- to clarify
2: it it doesn't actually like i'm not like m- i'm not actually mad that like you know, that's, that's the You're a trick furious, that's Jimbo,
1: actually, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You're
2: well, no, 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 like, I, it's just, it, you know, it doesn't make, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, if it's something, like, that trick in particular, if it's listed in the official strategy guide, which it is, like, I feel like that's the exception. Like, you know, that sh- there's no way that should be, that shouldn't be considered in logic. Now, other tricks, I mean, if you want to enable something else, like, go for it. And just to be different, that's fine. But it's just that one in particular, bothers me a little bit. Now it, I, that said, it did help me in one of my seeds. It, told, it pretty much told me where my hook shot was in one of the seeds that I've played, so it, it helped me in that aspect. But glo- like globally, I just I'm, I'm against it.
1: I think with, for me, firstly, let's just say, anybody who organizes a tournament is an absolute genius, because it's so difficult, and especially with, with league. And unfortunately, there are just controversies like, that develop with with League, which is a shame because they, the organizers put so much effort and I'm a part of the volunteer team that do like the FPA calls and I kind of see how much effort they they put in. And there are some great changes this season. I think the whole kind of bottom two, top two promotion relegation is a really great change because it kind of makes that, you know, later on in the, in the League season, it kind of makes it still relevant and things like that. And a lot of the settings that were changed from League Season 2 to League Season 3 were really applauded. So people really liked the kind of overall settings for it. It is just a shame that this time round there was a significant amount of people who dropped from Season 2 to Season 3. They just didn't want to play. I think it went from 180 to 130 participants or something like that, which meant they had to cull some divisions in the middle of the pack. And it kind of generated a bit of a tension with some people getting dropped when actually they shouldn't have been dropped. They should have stayed in the division, which is kind of, it's, it's, you know, it is just, it's unfair, isn't it? That you're getting relegated yeah. when you shouldn't be relegated. So I really do feel for for those people. And yeah, I, I think another thing that I'm kind of hearing from the the people in the community is this, the people in division eight who are, People in Division 8, uh, there's such a wide skill gap in Division 8. You have people who are really good at Ocarina of Time and just aren't known in the community. There are some people who are put into that, and they're just absolutely trouncing people who have barely played a race on race time. And the people who are good in Division 8 don't want to be in it because they're playing against people not at their skill level. And the people who are at the bottom of Division 8... Uh, playing against these experienced runners when they were promised a, an opportunity to play against their own kind of tier list. So whether you kind of ring fence the the bottom division, so only kind of newcomers can play it and people don't get relegated into it, especially now with a lot of Division 7 runners are going to go into Division 8. I mean, I'm not saying this because I'm 1-4 at the moment in Division 7, but if I got put into <clears throat> Division 8... I don't want to play against people who are going to be playing Ocarina of Time for the first time after I've been playing for two years. It's just not the right experience. So maybe that could be something that could be looked into for future as well.
0: Actually, I actually don't see that many names in Division 8. Personally, I don't see that many names. Like, that right, if you, are, go, like, to, don't if you go
1: to Division 8A uh, and, see, and uh, cross-reference that with the winner of the Triforce oh, Blitz uh, under
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. I guess it's one tournament, though, to really draw results from. It's it's hard to really place them higher than that, right? It happened like basically the same time that this league ha- started this this season. So, I wouldn't even say that was like a misplacement. I think at the time it made a lot of sense, but like six A broke being there. I think that's probably more egregious. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, look forward to seeing him in 5A next season. So, <laughs> where I'm <laughs> probably going to face him. But who knows? There's still a lot of games left to be played, of course. Uh, I'm forward to is 5-0. and Uh, we're in the same, same league. I don't want to face Jimbo again. <laughs> I mean, I mean this all right. Time. I got lucky. Be. Yeah, I mean, my one, the one thing I don't do <laughs> is... It was that, but it, it's it's fine. It's better than being in the four A, four B hellscape, I mean. Yeah, right. Jesus Christ. Just get prepared to lose is anything above five A I feel like it's just a minefield. Is it gonna go really good or really poorly? Um, I just want to clarify something too. It, it
2: may have sounded yeah. like I was like shitting on the organizers for, uh, that trick. I like, I think the organizers as a whole did a really good job organizing, you know, league as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had an issue with that. I, my issue was solely with that one trick. So I think placements and everything, I think they did a decent job. Um, I know there were a, a couple players who thought they should have been placed higher. And I know, emo you mentioned brought or bro, like, um, Yeah, I think we all agree, like, they probably should have been placed in a higher division. Um, But my response to people who believe that they should have been, you know, placed way higher than they have been is just, you know, win your division. I mean, if you should have been placed in a higher division, you know, win your division, you'll be moved up next season.
0: Mm -hmm. Problem solved. (laughs) It's it's really just as simple as that. and. I I don't know. It's it's all just a number. You just have to approach it one match at a time. That's all you can really do for a league. It's probably one of the best approaches, I think. As long as you are playing
1: against people who are kind of at your skill level, it doesn't really yeah. matter like where you are. If you are playing competitive and it's competitive and it's fun, right? I mm-hmm. don't care what division. Yeah, I'm it's all fun. It's all
0: for fun anyway. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you are not having fun, then don't join. Problem solved. Yeah, right. Simple as that. So, uh, but it right like here. Oh yeah, go ahead. I was
1: just gonna say, what do you think about um maybe introducing like a draft concept in league? Like this whole point of understanding who the runners are in your division. Maybe you can kind of see, oh, maybe they're weak at that, so maybe I should pick that against them. It might bring the whole kind of watching runners in your division and kind of playing to that a little bit more interesting.
0: I think it would probably be a little too hard to deal with so many people in the, in, the, in the league like it's still over 100 people overall yeah. it's just so many people to balance everything around and yoshi was kind of talking about this last time on the podcast uh to, to, like every decision is like 50 percent on all the polls so it's like well no matter what we do half everyone's gonna hate this so it's kind of you have to kind of approach it in a, a really delicate way and uh, There's like a really big write-up that Yoshi did like, pre-season that was actually really good, I thought. Mm, yeah. Um, that kind of explained all the decisions and where they're coming from and a lot of things and why they're going this direction or that. Not a whole lot of things changed, really. It was basically just 5-med bridge, 6-med GSPK, and it's pretty much it. Open Deku, you know. I think well, they that, changed from close Deku. Close Deku. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of coin-flippy in terms of, like, what's actually changed. As long as it's changed, though, I think that's the only thing that players really care about. Yeah. Um, And the fact that it got moved up to a three-season league, uh, you have one and a half months uh, round to uh, get to half of your matches, five out of ten, usually. So, of course, it depends on your division, but it's just a really well-structured thing, and I'm I'm glad that the... uh, the organizers continue to do what they do, and if you want to learn more about that, uh we had Yoshi last time on the podcast, episode 26, June 2021, um, where we sat down with Chimpan Reeve and Yoshi to talk about the last division, or last season, season two of League, but a lot of stuff carries over from that, so I definitely I would recommend you check that out if you're interested in learning more about League. All right, so we got two things left on the table here. First of all, multi-world. Next season, season three, three-player multi-world tournament with a settings draft. What do you guys think about multi-world?
2: Uh, I think it's a fun side tournament. Um, don't really have too much experience with multi-world in general. Um, just recently started playing. Emo, I know we play you next Friday your team so that that should
0: be interesting <clears throat> yeah um <laughs> yeah like when this podcast drops we'll be playing basically so yeah. uh i mean so i'm p3 and then one of my only two students doc keeps is the other peer, player three on your team so i'm like all right. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> as like heads up, as it's going to be we're both in league together. Like, you know, I, I've watched all of you a fair amount too. So I know how y'all play. And I know you've all watched our team, you know, not a lot maybe, but you, you know, you know, of me, Tyrus and Zopar, you know, we've been oh, around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so it'll be really interesting just as the first matchup, that's what we've come up come against and uh you know i i'm just happy that we're not against the same team as last year team mom jeans bless their hearts uh <laughs> they, they actually sniped us in the qualifier by three seconds so oh my god um but you know you know that wasn't actually the match so it's it's fine <laughs> it's, um i actually really like the uh the qualifier um just in general, how they kind of structured it. So you just play this seed along with your two teammates, right? So multi-world for those that don't know. um, It's like kind of a multiplayer experience. So instead of one world, you have three people's worlds and all the checks are intermingled. So I could have all the bomb bags, all nine bomb bags in my version of Hyrule, right? And I have to go find them for my team. So with that... Being said, the implications of it are kind of huge. Um, But the tournament itself is going to be six rounds of Swiss, top eight advanced to brackets, with single elimination best of three. That's going to be exciting. Uh, But, of course, settings draft, I mentioned earlier. Three choices, and the first choice must be a band. So it goes ban, ban, pick, 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 pick. And, yeah, lots of different settings. It's kind of interesting uh, what they chose to include versus not to include. I probably would have uh, picked a little spicier things like pot shuffle, but eh, it's just me. That's just me personally. So
1: wow, pot shuffle <laughs> in the inclusion. Like <laughs> yeah. the settings are pretty. Should we say I don't know? Dry is dry a word. That a, little dry,
0: a little dry. A little dry. kind of just
1: like it's just I think track.
0: they oh. they included a nuclear option for no reason. In my opinion, though, I don't know why they chose to include Triforce force hunt. Like it, it's just yeah, really. <laughs> like, I feel like that's going to
2: be like an insta ban for most teams. Nobody wants to play
0: Triforce. Honestly, Hunt. yeah. I mean, it's whenever we get Triforce Hunt for like a community multi world, and it's like twelve people. Oh my gosh, how many people are going to like finish and kill again, and how many people are going to quit? Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Triforce Hunt just get fucked. Just oh my god, no. <laughs> it's like. The only thing I have to play for is, like, all right, can I find the most Triforce Hunt pieces? And then just, like, eh, if it's so many people, then you're just going to full clear anyway. It's like, eh, I don't know. Not not a huge fan of it for multi-world, personally. But, um, yeah, it, that being said, I'm probably going to ban it, like, out of more than half the time. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I <laughs> hate it, hate it. Uh, the big thing with this tournament, though, Fire Arrow Entry Allowed. Same as in all the other multi-world seasons. Uh, also, 1 in 32-ing, the treasure chest minigame, is banned. You have to have the magic to do that. You start with Lens. I always thought it was a kind of a weird peculiarity. Like, it's it's kind of like the hookshot to Man on Roof thing, right? Just kind of like left field, like, can't do this. But it's for a reason, right? Like, if you're in BK mode, quotation marks, if you're in... Uh, a state that you don't have any more items to do more checks in, you can always just do that and then maybe you get lucky and get another check in. What if it's an item? But the organizers kind of approached it in a way that they kind of want to limit that even if it's like maybe one of 10 seeds or something that it actually has an effect. And then maybe if you're even in this mode where you can't do anything, that it actually has an effect and has an item and it makes an impact on the seed. Like, I think that's just too many things kind of uh, stacked up against each other to really matter. So I think it's a weird ban, but I I like the approach. I like the approach. You
1: don't know how deep that seed, like that item is in the seed. Like if the magic is, you know, inside somebody else's ganons and like that is one of the last checks in the game, it kind of makes sense that if you've just got nothing to do, you just keep doing that. You get lucky because it is 1 in 32 so the chances of against you know if another if your opponents are doing it as well and you get it first time and they get it thirty second time then it kind of feels a little bit bad so I I I get it I understand it
2: and I mean we all know there's uh there's seeds out there where like I'm player one for instance and referencing qual one or the the qualifier async for uh, the multi world tournament I had next to nothing in my fucking seed I had everybody else's items but my own. So, you know, when you have nothing to actually do your progression, you could just sit there and try the 1 in 32 over and over and over again until you get your items. (laughs) It's like, I I, I can see where, like, the organizers thought that would be an issue.
0: Is that World 1?
2: Yeah, yeah. World 1 was fucking awful.
0: Yeah, yeah, really bad. Just, I was World 3 and I'm just glad that I had one of the fastest World 3 times. It was like 220 or something. It's like... Icola beating me again by 5 minutes, just the fucking story of the year. <laughs> like Man, I lost to him in the mixed pools tournament by 5 fucking minutes too. Like what what's the deal? Like why is he 5 minutes always ahead of me? All ah, right, it's like no, about 5 minutes cramped. earlier. Uh Man, Icola is the the dark side of the soda, dude. I don't know. Well, I don't know if you uh if you saw the weekly from
2: last night, the NA weekly, but I mean Hammer was on uh, Volvagia, Stone Fire, and it was most people's go mode, and apparently Ecola had it within 40 minutes. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Ecola's just a god. Wait, the Hammer was on Volv? Not, not the hammer. I'm sorry. Hovers. I meant to say hovers. My bad.
0: Oh, I was like, uh, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, uh. no, 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 no.
2: I meant to say hover boots. The hover required hover boots for Shadow were on Volvagia and Stone Fire. Okay. And yeah, uh BK okay, was pretty, in. Yeah. yeah, BK was in Hammer Chest. And that was. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It was fucking terrible. But that was most people's go mode. Obviously, uh, but not yeah. for E. Ecola. Ecola had it within like the first hour of the seeds. So,
0: yeah, just a mad god man, actual madman. Um, but there was a lot of people that joined for this multi-world tournament. Thirty-eight people, or, or no, thirty-eight teams. So that's just over a hundred or so actual people in the tournament. It's great. Love multi-worlds. Great casual experience too. You don't have to be in a tournament to really enjoy multi-world. You really just need to grab a couple of friends and hop into it and have fun. <laughs> it's just a really nice way to, you know, kind of have a conversation, hang out more, more or less, and you can actually learn quite a bit in, in, in multis. Uh Just it doesn't really matter who you pick for tournament uh, teams, uh, people that you just want to play the game with. You usually, will find ways to make, get better at the game if you, if you you know care about improving and stuff. So. I think that like kind of team building experience and player building experience. That's that's really why I play multi board world.
1: Yeah, it's nice just to to hang out with people and play something which is a bit more different. You know, Uta can be a very lonely game sometimes and a very frustrating game. And it's nice to share that frustration. And you said thirty eight teams that's almost 120 participants so mm-hmm. people are really flocking to this people of all variety of levels you've got people who don't necessarily play singular races um, or, or solo races against people in the community you've got people who are coming together playing like my team's a bit of a mismatch of people put together in, in me carp and mathmat. so we're having a great time uh playing this as well so and nice some, people
0: some people that will only play in this tournament, too. They only play multi-world. They will only play in this tournament. That's their only tournament experience, too. Yeah. It's great I, to see. I
1: feel like I know, if I look through a list, like the SGL quals, right, and I look through all the runners, I will know 98% of all those runners. But mm-hmm. I look through the multi-world tournament list. A good quarter I've never heard of so it's a, a fair amount of people are just like you know what let's have some fun let's see what we can do and you know maybe get a win every
0: so often which is great to see yeah this is greg i found him down by the corner shop <laughs> we're just gonna play this multi-world team together you found hey. a singular
1: rupee in corner shop. huh you found a singular rupee a green rupee in a corner shop oh no
0: no no oh god oh, <laughs> oh my lord there's no escape from that
2: What um what do you guys think of being able to play multi-world on Project 64 now instead of just being limited to Bizhawk?
1: Well I play on Project 64 normally, so I am
0: absolutely delighted. It's great that there's another option for it. Um our team our position our team position was No, we're not gonna try this new thing. Um in general, uh, my team is very crabby about the changes. So, wow, well, we're sticking to the good old Shithawk and <laughs> just, we love, we love bagging on it. Just like, oh, why did this fail? Oh, Shithawk, like, it's a real big team building experience. You know, it's, yeah. We we had to have the boogeyman. If there's no boogeyman, uh, that's bad. We have to, we have to be unified against something. So, um, so we, A lot of people my, come my, out to me my, and just say that
1: PJ64 is just better. <laughs> like, and I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, people need to get on the PJ64 train now.
0: <laughs> get off RetroArc, get off Shithawk, come join the P64 crew. Oh, see, the, the thing I like about BizHawk is it makes me play better. Because I have to play better. Yeah, right. like Because <laughs> it's, it's always to do with the control stick. Oh, God. In that game, it's fine. It's not unplayable, but I do like it because it makes me play better. And so I think it's a really good training tool to play on <laughs> That statement is debatable. I fucking despise BizHawk. <laughs> with,
2: every, <laughs> with every... Every, like, it's... Oh my god, I was fucking thrilled when I saw there was an option to play with a different emulator. You know, given because MultiWorld 2.0 isn't a thing. But um, yeah, Bizhawk. Like we should just delete Bizhawk. That, that's my <laughs> stand. Like
0: Bizhawk is the fucking worst. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great things that it does in a lot of different games. Uh, usually vanilla speedruns, but um, yeah, in terms of multiworld, it's it's not super great. But it works. That's the big thing. It works. And that's I what think we should. Frank, we should thank Fennel and the people who oh, yeah. make oh, for by sure. the house
1: actually function because of the delay of multi-world 2.0 so big up to the team behind that uh, really showing that if you want to do something good in ocarina of time randomizer and help the community even if you're a runner if you have someone else you can definitely help out and make life a better experience for people
0: yeah and if you want to look up uh, anything having to do with the multi-world tournament you can just go to midos that's m-i-d-o-s dot house that's it. It's, that's all you put in your browser. It's kind of weird, kind of new agey. It's, it's not WWW. Uh, but we have, or Fennel has the, uh, all the tournament info up there, uh, slash event slash multi world or MW slash three. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see another multi world tournament. Love multi world overall. And uh, having this new tool uh, that Fennel built is uh, pretty amazing overall used it for like the uh, giant community race in the Hells Angels Discord server? It was like fifteen people or something. Um, and okay. it worked fine. Worked fine. Yeah, we actually had to. Yeah, actually, I had fixed fix it on the fly. Or they actually had to fix it on the fly, and um, we kind of like uh, made, <laughs> we helped it work for the tournament. Let's say. Let's just say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next topic here, season six. The main tournament, it's everyone's favorite time of the year when we get to discuss <laughs> possible settings, get mad at each other. Yeah, right. Uh, so the race mods proposed eight discussion points. Those points being dungeon ER and open Deku, key rings in their own dungeon and adding back maps and compasses, one random pre-completed dungeon, a new setting slash uh, thing that was introduced recently to the randomizer, uh, adult spawn, temple of time and random child spawn, or both of spawns random and start with prelude, complete mass quest or disable skull mass, way of the hero hints or path hints, removing song locations from the sometimes in pool, adding burning cat and an always hint, and banning King Zora <laughs> Um, so they added these eight discussion points and kind of funneled a lot of the conversation into those uh, for better or worse. Um, I think it's fine to have like kind of a, a focused conversation like this. Um, I wish I knew a little bit more as a player, Like why? like why these eight discussion points, I would say is like kind of, A a slight consensus, I would say, among some players that I've at least least I've talked to. Um, So I'm I'm a little bit more interested to see what uh, kind of the angle that the race mods came from. I don't know if you could talk about that at all, Jimbo, or... Uh,
2: I mean, I can't really go into too much detail. I can say, though, like, there is... I think we can all agree, like, there's a set meta in the randomizer currently. Um, And just, like, with... You know, like any tournament. Like we don't want to keep rolling out the same thing over and over again. You know, we kinda we, we we wanna switch things up a little bit. Um Yeah, you just went over the settings changes that we were discussing. Uh we just wanted to really just pull for feedback to see what the community thought about it. And like I know a lot of people think like we're you know, oh no, the people are saying we're making you know, the random this isn't fun. You know, we're we're getting comments like, no, stuff like this isn't fun. You know, like we want you to enjoy playing the game you love to play. I think that's one of the most important things I wanted to get out in this discussion. Um we value your feedback. We're going to use your feedback to hopefully, you know, bring an experience with s with a s six that everyone is going to enjoy. And I know there's going to be, a few people that like and leagues an example like you're going to have people who don't necessarily agree with you know all the different settings changes that have been made and that's just something you know like it's we can't avoid that to the to its full extent you know there's always going to be like a few people who don't agree with a decision that we make but i mean we want to make we we want the majority of the player base to enjoy playing the randomizer um we just threw these topics out here to like just pull for information to see what people thought and then we were going to meet again you know and discuss potentially other changes nothing set in stone these were just you know uh settings discussions that we wanted to start with leading up to the uh to the qualifier period
0: yeah makes sense a lot of these are like pretty high impact uh just on their own so it's good to know what the community thinks um i think by far the most discussed topic was king's Zoroscope. oh by far <laughs> 1895 messages as of the recording this thread um second most discussed topic is key rings at 285 and all others have like fewer than 100 messages each so um yeah king's Zoroscope. a lot of lot of talk by a lot of people about the strength of ice rushing eyes Do you like ice with your drinks? Like, you know, how much (laughs) ice has melted on the ice caps this year? Um, A lot of of stuff to discuss regarding ice.
1: Yeah, that one's a really interesting one to kind of flick through. I really wasn't paying attention mostly to a lot of the conversation. Just kind of dipped in and out. I think the the Ban-KZ skip and kind of the whole ice thing has two different sides of it. You've got the... The memers of the ah oh, rush ice, rush ice, blah 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 blah, and kind of that meme has developed into like a legit strategy, a legit meta to early on in the seed to to go to ice Cannon because of the hints, the river checks, the fountain checks, the ice checks, the song check, and things like that. And it makes it an actual really powerful play. And this KZ skip we know kind of was found during s4 it was kind of just like agreed that it was going to be allowed we haven't really reflected on the meta which is i think my kind of understanding of why this was put as one of the discussion points and really did come with quite a big discussion with it my opinion really is to allow it i think not allowing it i like there to be options when i play and it's there as an option and I get it's a bit of a meme, and I get it could be uh, maybe a little bit OP if you find something out of logic there, or if you take the risk and it's a big gamble and you do find something. But I think options are, like, are necessary in logic options and out logic options. You've got to think about the seed that you're playing and whether it's relevant to skip K- uh, King Zora in the seed that you're playing.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm just an OG ice lover here. Like I've been rushing ice forever, and uh, it's it's always been sort of good. The the bad thing about it is getting there. As long as you can get there, if you had a plane that you know dropped over the you know top of fountain and you just bungee jumped off the plane, let's say uh, that sounds really dangerous. So uh, I jump off with a parachute or no parachute and dies. You know, kind of a thing. Like sure, I would love to just warp there or if it was like Dungeon uh, Shuffle or something like that, then it's great. And it takes about a little bit longer than Deku maybe, a little shorter, depends on a couple things. But it's always been a a very high density location overall. It only takes a couple minutes, especially if you put on other settings, Dungeon Skulls, um, Song Shuffle, Songs on Dungeon Rewards, across a lot of different settings combinations ice is just a good place to go. But the problem, of course, is just getting there. And something that helps facilitate that is the King Zora skip. And I don't know. I I think since it was allowed in season four, and it didn't exist in season three, that it definitely had an impact, and people definitely used it by far more later in season four um, there, is a, there is actually something in the thread that somebody compiled uh, most uh, most, or all the data from the King point that King Zora Skip was quote-unquote found slash invented by J-Bone. Um, and uh, if you look at that, like it's like a giant spreadsheet of a bunch of different things. And I don't know, it seemed to me at least that it seems indicative that Rushing Ice, Rushing past King Zora with the the KZ skip didn't really matter. It was kind of a wash in terms of if it mattered, like towards like who actually won. There's just too many factors to consider because it's a randomizer. But uh, what what do you guys think personally about a uh, King Zora skip?
2: Uh, my personal opinion, I'm neither for nor against it. Um, I will say that the popular debate over it would be the fact that, like, it's not necessarily the skip in general. It's the act of, like, it's almost a must-play in a seed, you can argue. Uh, Being, you know, you get two, uh, I'm sorry, three hints in River, you get the hint in Domain, then you get a song from Ice, you get two more hints in... Uh, fountain, so it's like necessarily whether or not the song actually pays out in ice, you still get all that information. You know, so it's like, how many hint stones is that? It's one, two, three, four. That's what, like five or six hints that could potentially like set the path for your seed, and if you do it early enough, like the payout could be huge. I know that's the argument against it. Now, personally, I'm not for nor against it, but... I don't know. What, what's your response to that?
1: I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think it kind of ties into this discussion on the Dungeon ER kind of thing as well, which, you know, for me, I don't care about Dungeon ER, but I dare the race mods to put the Dungeon ER for S6. I dare you, because it would completely change. <laughs> Talking about changing the meta, Dungeon ER would absolutely flip it on top of its head. So, Jim, um, Jimbo, I dare you to put it off. There we go. That's what I'm going to say on that. <laughs> but, well,
2: I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that myself. Like, everything's put, you know, to a <laughs> no, vote. I, just, I
0: just got here. I just the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm so the new asking, guy. You know, okay. Just uh, set arson to this building. No, what? <laughs> I, just, I just got hired up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I think. For almost every single like main tournament, at least for OCR, uh, I've said it in the past, and I'll probably just say it here again, but I think every every season has been defined by something, whether it be a setting or not, or something more like kind of rule study, kind of like ban- banning King's Aura skip. Um, so I don't think it really matters if it's a setting or if it's uh, something that's allowed or that's disallowed. I just think that there has to be something that sets it apart. And... You know, nothing is concrete, nothing's set in um, stone. I think uh, there's been a lot more tests like races that have happened in the past week or two. Yeah, for sure. That have in the you know, past few months and taking a look at those settings, uh, let me just bring that up here. So base season five, so whatever the current weekly basically is, um, last last main tournament season. Plus two pre completed dungeons, plus nine dungeon rewards for bridge, and some variation of like three chickens, no skull mask, free prelude. Sometimes it's been like one or two races every day until they get these like general settings.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, the one that kind of you're talking about what is going to pre define S6, and it seems though like the favorite for me, and actually looking at this list and looking at what people have been saying is the pre-completed dungeon kind of setting very similar to wind waker rando's race mode which kind of bands kind of dungeons they in essence a pre-completed dungeon you automatically get the reward for that dungeon and that dungeon is barren there is there are no checks in that all the checks are kind of pre-completed so there's nothing in there and i know like the thread was one random pre-completed dungeon i think the idea was maybe doing six med bridge or something like that but at the moment, the test, rest, uh, test settings are doing two pre-completed dungeons. So you could like get Spirit and Shadow completed off the bat and having it be AD. So I haven't played any of these races yet. I have not got a, a thorough opinion on this. But I think I like the idea of pre-completed dungeons if they're implemented correctly. Well, and that's
2: just the thing. I mean, like with a setting like that, Um, you know, the dungeon that is going to be completed, I mean, would be completely random. And I think the question you have to ask yourself is how much are we willing to eliminate from a seed without taking too much out of the seed to where it's just like, you know, it's just so linear or it's just too short. You know, I mean, we could be looking at Mm. seeds that are potentially like an hour and a half long on a regular basis, depending on the dungeons that are skipped. Yeah. And I think a couple,
1: of, a couple of discussions I've had is kind of, does this favor the runners who are like high execution runners, you know, kind of, is, is it, is it catering for the top tier of runners? Are we kind of thinning the variance out by thinning the amount of checks in the seed? Which is a, it's, it's a realistic discussion that we we have to have, like, what is S6 going to be for? Is it going to be a tournament where anybody could win against any kind of runner? Which is kind of what SGL is like. It's very, SGL is very high variance. It's almost too high variance. If you start doing AD to pre-completed dungeons, then maybe that is not as much variance. So it's just a decision on where you want this tournament to be, who it's catering for, what kind of tournament you want it to be. And that's your job, Jimbo.
2: <laughs> no, it's not solely my job. Don't put that all on <laughs>
0: me. <laughs> I'm not dealing it's, with all that shit myself. Yeah, it's kind of why you see that specific combination of two pre-completed, but you have to do everything. Um, like it's just a nice, like uh, I don't want to say load, but it's like a nice, uh, just kind of middle area, I would say. Of my, see, my idea would just be make it all dungeons every single time. But then you're just never getting Stone Shadow, I guess, But or getting it way less. But either way, that's what I would do, personally, if I had to pick a setting or anything for Season 6. Just make an AD. Every single seed. Every AD, 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 AD. And then just, like, with the two pre-completed dungeons, that gets a little bit more palatable. Uh, so I can kind of see they under- like why they would pick that, but yeah I, I, see that's what i would do but it's probably not beginner friendly not anyone can win then uh there's a lot of problems that come with that it's probably pretty boring to watch just ad every single time yeah
1: i think you also come to the fact that really your decision tree in essence is do you do like the side dungeons or not and so because you've got to do all the dungeons so you might as well dip yeah. all the dungeons
0: yeah so I, I i think that's why you see that specific combination um no i don't hate it for that um I could take or leave path. You know, it's not a huge deal for me. Uh, I think key rings. If you're going to do key rings, just do key sanity anywhere. Just it's way more yeah. fun.
2: <laughs> it's just. I was actually going to ask, like, what are your thoughts on key rings in general? I know there was just a PR recently that introduced regional key sanity um, for key rings, which would place the key ring in a location relevant to that temple. So for instance, like a key ring in Forest Temple could be found in Kokiri Forest, Lost Woods, Forest Temple itself, um, I oh SFM, and I think that's it. And then that pretty much applies to like every region. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I, I think for me at the moment is that, we, we, as it's kind of laid out here, kind of key rings in their own dungeons, We've got in the notes here, rip Jabu, and like I think it in <laughs> this current form, it just buffs the wrong dungeons and nerfs the wrong dungeons. So I think that is a, a, a bad idea in, in general. Whether the yeah. regional key sanity thing is is an interesting idea, I've 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 not actually I've played what like fifteen RSL matches this season that has key rings in it, and not a single one has had key rings at a twenty percent ratio. So I actually have zero experience with key rings. So probably not the best person to discuss about, but I think it could be, you know, Emo was talking about key sanity lights, like almost being like key sanity, whatever something that is key sanity, light like could be interesting to be brought in. Is something I definitely think should be in the kind
0: of test. Yeah. Just anywhere key sanity for small keys. But the thing is, Key sanity sucks. So,
1: (laughs) 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 like, I will put my neck out on the line and say, of all the RSL settings, you know, people hate MQ, people hate overworldy R. Small key sanity is the bane of my life. So, I wouldn't want anything like that touching the main tournament. This might be a lighter way of doing it, but again, I definitely would
0: want to test it. Yeah, it's fair. there's was like a month or so where I played key rings like every day um, in the summer. And it was like weekly plus that anywhere keys, key rings key, anywhere. And like hmm. some of them were like BK anywhere too. It was like really just testing. Like, is this too much? Like, is this crazy? Like maybe, but I think with the path hints, it becomes really interesting with keys. Um, kind of balances a little bit with song location hints as well. Um, and especially with, the uh, like, if you start with Prelude, and there could be an item on a song check. I think that being possibly a key or a key ring becomes a lot more interesting, depending on which one it is. It's a lot more of, like, things that you think about in terms of routing, in terms of what happens if X happens in Y location, or if it's a Z thing in A, like, a location. So... It, it makes it a lot more complicated. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's something that, you know, as shown in RSO, as settings get added, you know, Frog Sanity is still relatively new. Bonko is definitely new. As people play more of those kinds of seeds with those on, and test the, more of those uh, cutting, cutting edge, quote unquote, settings with the randomizer, I think, um, it would kind of get a clearer picture as to like whether or not it's actually viable. So, um, I think I would turn on pot sanity for season six. If we, if you're like like crazy idea, just like, just try it. <laughs> pot sanity. Cause you know, most players know where pots are. It's not the craziest thing in the world. It's, you know, arguably, most players know where they are because they have your consumables.
1: I can't wait but, for me um, to get
0: seven Market Way of the Hero hitters. <laughs> it's all in that friggin' hut. Um, or, maybe, or maybe Market can't be Wath. You could make it like uh, like the ZL can't be hinted Because obviously, you're going to go there anyway. So, yeah. like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities, and I think... Uh, you know, just being open to those possibilities and actually testing it. That's really where all the hard work is going to be it's the next like month or two before this tournament even gets off the ground with uh, finalized tournament settings. But there um, should be a lot of things to look forward to. I'm, I'm pretty excited overall. I always like the main tournament, even though last year was cursed for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think one of these ones looking on here is, um, is the, the prelude, the start with prelude. It's already used in a couple of different tournaments. It's already used in the weeklies. I think there's maybe an expectation that's going to be in, in Essex, because I think it is, you know, we were saying before, it's well-received.
0: I can't really see that. That and pre-completed dungeons, I think, are, like, the most likely things to be in Season 6, if anything.
2: Yeah, like I said, I can't really, like, confirm or deny. Yeah, because yeah. It's <laughs> really... <Interesting. laughs> straight yeah. face
0: like yep uh sounds pretty <laughs> cool guys
2: uh <laughs> yeah i mean we we are in like the really like early stages right now in terms of s6 um like you said i mean it's great to see a lot of the runners in the community starting to actually test the settings i know when we released the um the threads and of the you know the discussion threads for each setting uh there wasn't really a lot of testing going on uh that's probably due to like a lot of the um side tournaments that were you know, occupying everybody's time. So it's cool to see a lot of the test races uh, happening on race time. I do have one question while I have uh, both of you on here. Uh, What are your thoughts on dungeons in general? Do you think like dungeons are say like too over, are they overpowered compared to overworld? Do you think there should be some sort of balance or do you think everything's like good as is?
1: I think dungeons are the most boring part of the game at the moment. Um, So anything maybe to spice up dungeon completion. We've all kind of heard the memes of and being a a Snorist. Snorist? Forrest? Snorist? I don't even know. Um, In terms of kind of balance, I think at the moment it's pretty even in terms of their power. I wouldn't say that especially early on overworld and later on dungeons definitely but i don't think i would say that one is
0: better than the other at the moment
2: okay fair emo
0: kind of the same i've always been in the same camp that dungeons are kind of boring once you learn them and like the the best routes through them and maybe your execution's not the greatest that day so like it, it's kind of a like casual averagey kind of a experience in most dungeons, I would say, uh, for ran- for randomizer. So like, they're almost always going to be the same time. If you're like anywhere, a consistent player, even if you're not, you're going to know how to do dungeons and to do them optimally. It doesn't take a lot of learning, at least for OT. Um, Cause they're all fairly straightforward. You know, MQ's another beast entirely and, you know, Different settings for RSL uh, can make that more or less complicated. But I think for the main tournament, it's always been kind of a give and take. Uh, Historically, Overworld's been very weak. Um, You know, there's huge areas with like three checks and you have to go there on foot. Not always the most appetizing or fun. But on the flip side, if the overworld's weak, then dungeons might be too strong. So it's always kind of a contextual thing. You have to ask yourself that based on what settings you're on, what you can do in a seed, and where you can go. And I think
1: the the, the prelude thing actually buffs the overworld because you're not you're never gonna get stuck somewhere, aren't you? If you're gonna do like, I don't know, you're gonna go to Gerudo Fortress or something like that as an adult and do GTG. It's not like you have to potentially walk all the way back. You you've always got somewhere to, to walk back to, which is kind of central of the map. So I think the, the song definitely buffs the overworld.
0: That's definitely a good point. Um, It's like one of the biggest things about season four, besides the bridge condition, uh, that was definitely everyone I think collectively knows it was a mistake. (laughs) Uh, But that being said, I think one of the things about
1: dungeons that I would like to see
0: yeah.
1: is, especially this happened in Triforce Blitz, where we had the um, shortcuts for Forest and Jabu on. I think Forest is a bit far for the main tournament, but I'd like to see the Jabu shortcut on. The back half of Jabu is annoying. It just you sucks. Do, It just you always sucks. And yeah. the, the, the tech behind the rest of it—just throwing a boomerang at some tentacles, jump slashing a big octo—like it's it's tedious. So I'd like to see a quicker way of being able to do jabu. You know, you've got the options of doing the checks quickly, neat, awesome, or you could just go straight to the boss if you know you're going to go mode it. And it just gives another option, like I said before about KZ skip. Options are good. I like options. So another option there would be fun.
0: Yeah, I would say Forest and Jabba are probably the biggest offenders in terms of, like, boringness of dungeons. So, like, if you if you turn on the shortcut for both of those, that definitely uh, does a lot in terms of helping to alleviate that. Because everything else is, like, fairly, like, there's a bunch of checks, and you can either go to the boss or do all these checks, you know, more choices. It makes for more interesting routes, you know, more interesting decision-making, sure, and, uh, you know, just something fresh, so, like, I would say shortcuts also added like a pretty decent chance having played with them a bunch since, uh, last season of RSL that they were introduced mm-hmm. for the bracket phase. Um, it's been like three, four months since they've like graced the randomizer. So I don't know. I, I like them overall, but, uh, I, I kind of agree with chuckles here that it's might be like the kind of middle ground approach that you might want to consider. Um, just because it makes the most sense, and it's kind of uh, kind of balances overworld and dungeon a little bit. Probably the the best out of like any setting or thing that you could choose.
1: Yeah, maybe the argument is that forest kind of turns it to a little bit like fire, um, with keys being on PG and stuff like that. And whether you want another kind of water fire kind of dungeon, but yeah, it's an interesting idea
2: yeah I was just gonna say um opening those shortcuts definitely like leads to interesting key logic in adult dungeons um but I do agree with emo in the fact that like it it does lead to this desi- like a lot of different decisions that you normally wouldn't see in uh any current seeds that are currently played um because like for instance I know like one of the most common examples that relates to this would be like water temple like okay you find boss key and like first chest that you open, do I go back in? Or and clear the rest of the temple? Or do I just, you know, go somewhere else and, you know, chase progression elsewhere? And you know, you could possibly leave an item in that dungeon, a required item. So it it does lead to interesting decision making for sure.
1: I think it'd be good to see, you know, once we get some kind of casual testing on the way, maybe some formal kind of testing, maybe in the form of asyncs where once we've kind of got a feel for stuff, maybe the race mods could develop a few kind of combinations together, throw them out there. I actually don't think that async's, standard asyncs, be being rolled at the moment at all. Like It used to be every month a new sheet was being made. I don't think they're, they're being done at, uh, at all at the, at the moment. And I know that yeah. Rose had kind of like the monthly blitz kind of stuff that was going to um, kind of help with testing. And we are going to move into a discussion later about kind of the number of tournaments um so unfortunately that didn't get up and running so a bit more formal testing would be would be lovely to see
2: yeah i can't really speak for the uh the traditional asyncs that we normally see on a monthly basis in the discord because i was never a part of that per se uh and like i said i was just brought on so i don't you know i can't really uh speak to that but i can Actually, I, I have wanted to apologize on behalf of the race mods for not actually releasing uh any test asyncs. Uh, that was the intention. Um, but given I mean the lack of uh <clears throat> testing overall and the fact that we don't actually have any um like definitive settings at the moment, it kind of didn't make sense at the time when we were discussing it to release any uh any asyncs. Um, but yeah, we should have re- we should have released some sort of uh. Uh, setting string to test for the uh, the current uh, settings being discussed.
0: Yeah, part of that too, though, is that asyncs aren't as needed anymore. It's just because there's so many live events and so many things happening at the same time. And with all these tournaments having like between 30 to 50 people, 100, over 100 from the multi-world, um, you can really pick and choose what kind of experience you want with the randomizer, which is really... Part of why uh, I became an organizer for Random Settings League and all of these like alternative settings uh, experiences that you can have, just because that wasn't a thing when I first joined the community. So, I've always kind of been um, striving for that. So it's kind of nice to see asyncs not really being that big of a deal, and no one's really asking for them either. So, I mean, um. But I think that definitely has something to do with it. Do, do you think that um, that diversity in the number of tournaments in the community? Do you think it's a good or a bad thing for the Ocarina of time randomizer community?
2: Um, I mean, I think it's it's cool that you know rando is to the point where like, you know, all these different tournaments are going on, and if you look at the numbers, like, there's a ton of people showing up to play in these tournaments. That just goes to show that people are enjoying rando in general. Uh, I think it's healthy for, you know, to keep Rando like evolving. Um but in terms of like for instance like we didn't see any people really testing a six settings. It kind of hurts the community at the same time, I think personally because uh like the main tournament for instance hasn't really it, it's taking spotlight away from the main tournament, which isn't necessarily, you know, a bad thing. I want people to host their own uh their own side tournaments and whatnot. But it's we would have liked to receive like more feedback uh, on the uh, the current settings point or the settings discussions that we've laid out.
1: I think for me, I think my opinion is that there there are too many tournaments. I think if you take an example of SGL, so last season that had something like eighty people playing at least one qualifier, um, and about. 50 odd people having enough to actually qualify. And actually, this time around, they struggled to get to 32 runners. So, there's a lot of reasons why that, that is going to be. For example, the live event is back. So, people are not playing the online event. They're going to save themselves for the live event. Okay, cool. But I think you're right, Jimbo, is that there is only so much resource that a runner can give to Rando. And As much as you could say, you can pick and choose what you play. That's true, but the the amount of tournaments that there are, the amount of events is dividing the player pool across too many different events. And it's great to see a variety. Actually, I had a discussion about what you would take away. And it's like, I actually don't know what I would take away because everything is just so kind of cool and so unique and everybody wants to showcase something really new and different like emo starting off with the multi-world tournament. It's so new, so innovative. People want to do that. Multi-world, you know, that co- cooperative nature of it is, is massive. The 1v1 kind of style of stuff with, the, with league and, and ladder and, you know, the smaller community kind of things like Francophone. So you can see why there are many tournaments because people want to play rando. People want to play the type of rando they want to play. But I think there needs to be greater organization in the tournaments that are, are run to ensure that there isn't too much going on at the same time, so we can put time into testing for the big tournaments. I think another thing is that the, the main tournament goes on too long anyway. I think the last season, season 5, the qual started in December and I think the tournament finished first week of May. Like, That's a ridiculous amount of time for a singular tournament and as Emo's, multi, uh, Emo's um, mixed pools showed, you can do matches in seven days like you can really truncate the length of the tournament and still have many you know that was five rounds of swiss and that was you know uh quals to get into the, the main brackets and a 16 person bracket so there's definitely an opportunity there to kind of narrow that gap down that allows a larger space for other tournaments to be you know nine months of the year for example for all the other tournaments to be and just a little bit more structure of pre-planning and placing your events in the right slots, they don't overlap as much, would lead to people being more invested in testing for the main season.
2: Yeah, I agree with that assessment completely. I think uh, you know us as organizers, we need to, we need to do a better job as uh, you know just communicating with one another um, to make sure that we don't have too much overlap from tournament to tournament, because it otherwise it just gets to be ridiculous where there's just you know too much shit going on at one time. Um, and it's impossible to like keep up with everything. So uh, yeah, I, I agree with your assessment wholeheartedly, chuckles.
1: And it's a shame that one of the things that it seems like did drop was the the kind of the blitz tournaments, like the, those kind of weekly tournaments was there was just so much, and that was one of the things that just had to, unfortunately, for all the work that people have put into that and the expectation that was going to help with the development of the test settings to be that kind of formal platform for testing new settings that was shamefully the thing that got taken away whether i would have selected something else to be taken away most likely i would have said something else should have maybe have gone i'm uh, do i get i don't know if i want to share my opinion on what i think should go
0: <laughs> 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 that's fine you can keep your cards close to your chest <laughs> If you, you want to like start me. talking
2: out of your ass, because you know yeah. the, al- <laughs> the alcohol hit me, so you know it's kind of yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, oh great, great for this next question then. Um, kind of, I guess, final question of the the episode here. So it, w- let's say you're tasked with make your own Ocarina of time randomizer tournament. What do you make and why?
2: Oh God! You can take this one first. Chuckles.
1: Yeah, you know, it's probably one of the things that maybe I should have looked at the the notes beforehand and planned something in advance, but I think I'm going to run with my draft league. I think if 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 league is not going to be done with draft, I think I'm I'm taking draft league and I'm and I'm taking it forward. Um but other than that, I think I think the multi the the mixed pool stuff was such an innovative thing and I think that was that was really good. And I I would like to see more things like that potentially kind of move away from kind of standard and what league and ladder does and, and the main tournament does and try something really wacky because when you saw how successful the mixed pools tournament was there was what 42 runners who who wanted to play and it was a mix of rsl runners who are used to things like overworld er like you, you had the kind of the main rsl peeps in there but then you also had like the general standard runners who don't play rsl and wanted to do something completely different as well so um yeah i'd like to see maybe a few more wackier things be brought through that's why i kind of love rsl and kind of love those sort of things
0: um i mean
2: for my tournament i mean i haven't really thought about this too much um like if I was designing my own tournament, because like I said for race mods, it's not solely on me to design season six. It's like a collective thing, obviously. Um, for my personal tournament though, um going back to hints, I mean I don't know how I feel about Wath versus Path. Um I don't know, I feel like sometimes path hints could be too strong. I know um there was just a PR that changed the way path hints were actually hinted, which kind of I think went under the hood. Uh which changed them a little bit. I think I would be in favor of them now over Wath, Um, but I think in I think I would take the league preset, change some of the um change some of the uh the tricks that were enabled and disabled, and then um I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Ganon's five med bridge. Like, what what are your thoughts on five med bridge?
0: I like it. I mean, I've enjoyed it so far in most of the league seeds that I played this season. Um, my biggest problem is remembering it's five and not just six or four. Like, it's kind of an, a weird number, but it kind of works. Yeah, from what I've seen, so I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. So I guess I would probably just take league
2: and just change the uh the fucking tricks that were enabled and then yeah. you know i mean and that's weird because i was just talking about uh for season 6 like changing meta and like variants um which is like the main goal but um yeah i think i would just stick to league personally and then just change the tricks
1: mm. i so, think s5 was just kind of overall really enjoyed as a, a setting i feel if you kind of took the opinion on what s5 was people were playing s5 seeds way after s5 was done <laughs> like oh, yeah. the weekly kind of format changed and other tournaments came in and people were still playing s5 people there's you know, still people.
0: motherfuckers out there they're like season five uh, yeah, who's <laughs> yeah. Playing season five? it's like well actually maybe it's a year too late for that but like, also, bro, it comparison- it, we're like, season six is about that to- come on come <laughs> yeah. on it's last year bro I think it's well, easy I, like, to compare I, S5 to S4 I feel
1: as
2: like, well, which, yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like pathins were like the big thing too, because like before that, like we didn't have Pathons in a main tournament. So like they yeah. kind of just like changed how you thought about it, see it as it progressed. So like, and I, I know it's like pathins are viewed like by the community as a positive as a whole. So, um, yeah. And CSMC
1: yeah. as well was also. And CSMC, that's with, true. I yeah. think was that, that was. I felt like that was kind of the three Zelda of of S five. That people overall vastly. I think the only tournament that doesn't have a form of, of CSMC is the Scrubs tournament. Which is their arguments are for that, which I disagree with. But if they want to go down that route, then absolutely fine. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that is well. That is, it is an RSL email, and I
0: thoroughly know that it is an RSL. Uh, oh, you, do you like it in RSL as as opposed to scrubs? I mean, you've got More? to have
1: it in RSL. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just put everything in, put everything bloody well in. Um, one item per dungeon. No. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no, no, no. Want to bring it back?
1: It's hard <laughs> to know if it's one item per dungeon. And it's, it's so it's it's hard to discern that. That's why I would say no to that.
0: Yeah, if there's I no actually, there's nothing saying it, it is or not. So that's that's the biggest thing for our. <laughs> that's why we banned it because it's yeah it's, yeah. That's no j- if it's cult. on, it's bad, and if it's off, it's also bad. Uh, mm. Just ban it. <laughs> just get it so, out. Yeah, yeah. Just fuck that setting, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's um,
2: the biggest thing with us, like CSMC or CTMC with Scrubs, was like uh, we didn't like. The big thing was that, like, newer players, like, I think tend to think skipping small chests for health was, like, huge in terms of saving time. And then, like, you know, they may lack the mechanics to, like, not die in, like, certain scenarios. So, like, they would end up screwing themselves in the long run. So we wanted to, like, alleviate that in scrubs. And then that's why we kept CTMC off in um in the scrub settings as far as the textures are concerned do you how do you both feel about like the key texture the small key chest I feel like that has to change if possible I feel like it's like really hard to depict whether or not like for GTG for instance like if you're trying to peek the maze like I think it's really hard to determine whether or not you have a shit to your chest versus like a, a small key chest at a distance.
1: I, I hold a much stronger opinion uh, than what I'm about to say, but just take what I'm going to say and just extrapolate it, and that's why I actually feel. But yeah, it's pretty bad, isn't it?
0: Mm, I I don't know. I having like because I just played the league seed this morning, so it's fairly fresh in my mind. But I don't like the small BK texture on keys. It just feels wrong. It's just like that's the BK <laughs> for me. Yeah, uh, well,
1: that's the classic. So. The, the chest textures would be the silver outline around
0: yeah uh, I, I the, like i don't I don't mind that after they there is a recent revision in the past month or two um that revised that revised the triforce texture so it doesn't look like complete ass um, <laughs> so a little bit better, a little bit better the slight change that I think is better but um and also the um major item texture that also got updated uh mm. past few months and the it's more visible now
1: good yeah, yeah 100% no one's it's really just...
0: going to it's never going to no one's going to be it's it's always going to be like a 50/50 on textures it's always a matter of taste and preference i think versus like what's optimal or what do you prefer cuz like uh, you know some some uh settings you get only the chest size and i like that so set- i love that setting and so, texture is just to kind of ride the weird middle ground of like something that's a visible item, like freestanding models. When that was introduced, definitely a lot of uh, the same energy, but it also adds a lot more information that eh, it's good. But I also only really view it as needed for something like RSL, something uh, complex like that, that you need a lot of information. More so than like the main tournaments.
1: When it's just textures, it's it's difficult. It's really hard. It's not great.
0: Not great. I like both. I like both yeah. being on. Yeah, yeah. I agree.
2: Uh, if you don't mind, I have like a bonus question. Whoa. For oh, both sh- of you, is that cool?
0: Whoa! <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted <laughs> to share my. I just wanted Whoa. to share my two two tournament ideas. that I do want. Oh to yeah! You, yeah, yeah. Oh share. yeah! yeah! Of course! Yeah, my bad. Uh, twelve MQ. Yes! Okay, you lost in.
1: <laughs> Let's go.
0: I'm in. It hasn't happened yet. There's been no MQ tournament. So that's <laughs> long overdue. Even though it's going to be like 8 people. I think it'll be more than that. I think it'll be more than 16 people. Now people will join. Yeah, they would. It's same kind of energy that Mixpool said. I knew that would get more than 8 or 16. I didn't know it was going to get over 40. Um, no yeah. So... I don't know. I You only really need about 8 or 16 people for a tournament. So you can get as wacky as you want with the format, too, and be a little bit more experimental. And that's kind of like where my mind is at in terms of what do we have left for the future and this randomizer's uh, tournament scene and kind of how all of that is structured. It's always been kind of in flux and very small changes over time have been introduced and some more success- successful than others, but some more doable than others but oh that's what i my main focus probably would be a 12 mq tournament other than that uh anti-weekly tournament oh t- standard we weekly standard oh, we settings so
1: every podcast I, I, I it at once.
2: <laughs> it's funny i like binge watch or binge listened. i mean to like all of the podcast episodes, and it's hilarious because oh. it's just like emo just lobbying for RSL
0: and everything, <laughs> like every fucking episode, yeah. like the emo lobby. <laughs> well, I don't know. I I like variety. Um, what can I say? So yeah, I'd no, I mean, eyes. it's cool.
2: It was just it, it's funny.
0: Yeah. I will um,
2: add
1: a quick kind of last one for for mine. I think I'd be wrong to not uh, represent the Ice Percent tournament. Um, oh, yeah. yeah it is, it yeah. was a... We had a, a private event of that, which was amazing, which also leads into kind of blue fire arrows, which I was... I was very anti-blue fire arrows. I thought, no, we can't change the game. Keep the game to its vanilla mechanics. Oh, blue fire arrows, though. Put it in S6. Like, do it. Let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I completely um, forgot about that. <laughs> it definitely happened. Um... So, what was your bonus question, Jimbo?
2: Um... Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I forgot already. (laughs) No!
1: (laughs) No! You should've read it down! You should've read it down! No, dude! I'm telling you, man! I'm fucking drunk! What do you want from me? Uh, (laughs) Hey, just pick a question on the spot! Pick something! Oh, I forget! Fuck!
0: Oh, that's a great ending. That's good. Was it? Was it pretty good? All right, that will do it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks again to Jimbo and Chuckles for joining me as guests, uh, going over all the tournaments that happened this summer, everything that's happened since May, last episode of the podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was uh, it was really
2: fun. I wasn't sure what to expect uh, hopping on, but this was really chill, so I really appreciate the invite.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to spout a load of nonsense for an hour or so, so thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: no problem, and uh, thanks again also to Ronan Recordings and Winnie Demon, our editor and scriptwriter respectively, without whom uh, the podcast would not be a thing. Um, so I'm very glad for their contributions and their hard work. Um, cause without it, I wouldn't be here. So, uh, with that being said, we'll see you all next time on the Gossip Stone podcast.